It's Philosophy Talk. The feelings you thought were genuine were purchased at a discount from a supplier in a city with a name something like Toby Kabeacon, Ohio. What can philosophers teach poets about love that they don't already know? I am telling you this so you will know what it is that wakes me at four every morning, wanting you more than drugs or sleep or peace. What can poets teach philosophers about love that they don't already know? When lost in forests, keep in mind that moss is always most full and bright on the side of the tree that faces the nearest major urban area. Our guest, award-winning poet Troy Jollymore. That sea song you hear when the shell's at your ear, it's all in your head. The program was recorded in front of a live audience at Powell's City of Books in Portland, Oregon. Love, poetry, and philosophy. Coming up on Philosophy Talk after the news. This is Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence, I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Today, Philosophy Talk is on the road again. We're recording the program in front of a live audience at Powell's City of Books in Portland, Oregon. Welcome, everyone, to Philosophy Talk. Now, wherever we record the program, our thinking originates at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. Our topic today is love, poetry, and philosophy. We'll examine how poetry and philosophy are different and how they're similar. We'll look at the language of the two. And then we'll see how both poetry and philosophy have approached the interesting subject of love. Ken, we have a wonderful audience, and it's great to be here at one of the world's really terrific bookstores. But I think we've got a problem, because what in the world do love, poetry, and philosophy have to do with each other? I mean, love and poetry have a lot to do with each other, and philosophers have something to say about love. But poetry and philosophy? Philosophy is reasoned argument, universal principles, rationality. Poetry is sounds that stir the emotions, the particular, the subjective. That's what poetry is all about. I mean, do we really have a topic here at all? John, you sound like old Plato. I mean, I knew you were kind of an old-fashioned guy, but you sound like Plato. Plato wanted to banish the lyric poets of his day, including Homer from his ideal city. I mean, he wanted to banish Homer. I mean, he felt that poets dealt in illusion rather than reality, and they promoted passion rather than reason. And you sound, you're, you sound like Homer. I well, mean, like no, Plato. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> I sound like Homer. Thank you. Not at, not at all. I wouldn't go near as far as Plato. Poetry certainly has its place. I mean, I myself have a book of limericks that I keep in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> but... You know, there aren't any, there are, what, one or two poems in the whole canon of philosophy? What in the world does poetry have to do with philosophy? You're right, there aren't many poems in the canon of philosophy. I mean, but there are some poems that are highly philosophical. I mean, take Hamlet's speech in, uh, in, in Hamlet, in the play Hamlet, the to be or not to be, that is the question. That's a philosophically pretty tight argument against suicide. I mean, so there you, you can philosophize through poetry. I guess to be or not to be, that's a pretty valid disjunction. We could translate it into formal logic. I don't know if Shakespeare would approve. Poets do sometimes fancy themselves philosophers, and philosophers sometimes take poetic flights of fancy. But it still seems to me that poetry and philosophy are governed by different rules. 
poems are supposed to scan, and they used to be supposed to rhyme. And at any rate, they're supposed to sound good. Philosophy can sound any way you want, as long as the arguments are valid and tight. Well, you're right. Poets and philosophers use language. They do all kinds of different things in different ways. And it's really, you know, we think hard about everything on this program. And it's really worth uh, thinking harder, a lot harder, about just what those differences come to and why they matter. Why does it matter that poems rhyme and that philosophy doesn't? And in a little bit, we're going to talk to a man who can help us do just that, think hard about this subject. The one, he's got a unique attribute. That's Troy Jallimore. He's an accomplished professional philosopher, and he's also an award-winning poet. So he'll help us out a lot. But first, our roving philosophical reporter, Zoe Corneli, will introduce us to someone who really knows poetry. Here's her report. 29 years ago, in his late teens, Chris Fotts encountered a poem that would change his life. And it was a poem that was a uh, translation by Gary Snyder of a poem by a, a Zen hermit named Han Shan, Cold Mountain was his name. Clambering up the cold mountain path, the cold mountain trail goes on and on. The long gorge choked with scree and boulders, the wide crick, the mist-blurred grass. The moss is slippery, though there's been no rain. The pine sings, but there's no wind. Who can leap the world's ties and sit with me among the white clouds? And I read this poem, and it's just shook me up right to the very core of my being. I couldn't, I'd never read any poetry before. And I read this thing and it, it, it catapulted me into a whole new way of thinking and of relating to the world and of relating to literature. The word pictures and lyrical use of language convinced Fotz he needed to be around poetry. The day I got out of the army, I went and applied at a bookstore at the college that I was going to and they hired me. And that was, I've been in bookstores or publishing ever since. For the last 14 years, Fotz has been the poetry buyer at Powell City of Books in Portland, Oregon. He sees poetry as having an almost religious importance. I think it, it helps us articulate the moral sense that lies at the, at the core of our being. You read a poem and you say, aha. And it, what it has done is it has, it's pulled something out of you that you can then look at in the light of day. And it helps to inform your living and make you live as a better person. Even poems that are dark, violent, or mundane add beauty and depth to our lives, Fott says. You know, Literature and poetry in particular, you have, you read the news reports and you see the stuff on TV and then you go in and you read the books about it, the literature about it, and it helps give flesh and meaning and, and embody what you have experienced in mere facts. One of Fotz's many favorite poets is John Haynes. He settled in a remote part of Alaska after serving as a sailor in World War II and spent 40 years there writing poetry that reflected his disillusionment with society. This is called It Must All Be Done Over. The houses begin to come down. The yards are deserted. People have taken to tents and caravans like restless cattle breaking stride, running off with their wagons under a rumbling cloud. There are too many stories, rumors, and shadows, like hordes of grasshoppers that eat up the land, columns of brutal strangers. I leave my house to the wind without baggage or bitterness. I must make my life into an endless camp, learn to build with air, water, and smoke. I mean, there's something haunting about that. It's a statement on our civilization, on our culture, on things falling apart, on the center not holding, to quote Yeats. And it's magical. It's a, it's a, those poems, Hayes' poems are filled with smoke and mystery and fog and mirrors and snow, lots of snow. Despite his love for poetry, Fotz doesn't write any of his own. 
I'd submitted one poem one time to a literary magazine that I liked, which was a surrealist literary magazine published in Colorado, and I got the poem back with no, no, no scrawled across it. So. <laughs> Fott says the lesson of that experience is you don't have to be a poet to love and appreciate poetry. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Zoe Corneli. Want to hear more? You can find the complete episode on iTunes Music, or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.